0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Now through the neutral zone comes Connor McDavid, double-team, got it back, Chris
1: shot, score, what a beautiful move, deep backhand, went back to the forehand, and welcome
0: back Connor, his sixth goal of the season is a work of art. Riley, he's going to keep it, he hits the five, hey Edmonton, that's your quarterback, Mike Riley to the end zone.
2: Home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chet.
0: Well, that was a special night at the Old Barn. Rexall Place hosting its final Oilers game last night tell you about some of the things that stand out for me Gene Principe got to be down on the ice after the game interviewing many of the Oilers alumni we'll hear from Gene this evening plus Kelly Rudy on the program tonight well he went after Jordan Everly on the weekend we'll get him to uh, expand on those comments Oil King season done Randy Hance their general manager will join us tonight the Blue Jays through their first series in Tampa Bay, I know they and some of their broadcasters including Pat Tabler were furious about the call that ended that game the other night. Tabler will join us later on this evening. Thanks a lot for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. Opening round of the Masters as well. We'll have some news from that. I can tell you if if you missed it, you got to find the video tonight or watch a highlight show. Ernie Els, one of the greats, four-time major champion, opened the tournament. With a nine on the first hole, he putted six times, most of them from within three feet. It was, it was painful to watch. He, he was missing putts, and it's rare you can actually say this because these courses are much more difficult than the ones you and I play on for the most part. He was missing putts that you or I probably would have made 80 to 90% of the time, if not more including one that he carelessly just sort of one-handed tapped towards the hole, thinking it was going to go in. It did not go in. Yeah, Ernie Els went on to shoot an 80. That's eight over par. He was five over par after the first hole. Uh, Yeah, we'll get some more details on the Masters as we move along tonight. Love that tournament. Love the golf majors. Matthew Panaschik is our studio producer this evening, back at work after attending the game last night. Did you have a good time, buddy? It was a magical evening to be at. I was very lucky and fortunate to be there, Reed. It was great. Yeah, and now the transition to uh, the new building already beginning. The Oilers announcing today that their season seat base will increase by 1,000 seats for next season, up from 14,000 to 15,000. So the building is going to have about 1,700 more seats, going up to around 18,500. Well, you'll hear a little bit from Stu McDonald, the chief commercial officer of the uh, Edmonton Oilers, later on in the show. I, You know, I, I want to ask people this, and I've and got to remember to ask Kelly Rudy this as well, just sort of as an aside, as, as we, we, we saw all the ex-Oilers that were in town yesterday, and that was pretty cool for me. Once you actually saw all of them, in one place. It was like, man, this is this I, I had that moment where it's like, wow, this is really happening. Look, look at all these guys. Some guys from the nineteen seventies. The current players got pulled out as well. We know about the greats on this team. Uh, we know about the guys who have had their jerseys retired. Just for fun, you can text six thirty six thirty. If you want to call in seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have a few minutes for that. Who is the most underrated Oiler? Of all time. I mean, the, the the greats are easy to list off the top five, ten, or whatever. Who's the most underrated Oiler of all time? A guy you thought really contributed, maybe was able to perform at a level higher than expected, but didn't get the credit for it, or who just chipped in with a lot of hard work and didn't get the glory. Who is the most underrated Oiler of all time? You can also tweet me at Reed Wilkins just for we can have some fun with that for a few minutes. All right. Uh, Sean says uh, six putts way to go short game (laughs) reacting to Ernie Els already. (laughs) Sean uh, well Sean here's the thing I've probably six putted more than once in my life (laughs) so uh, probably more than Ernie Els ever has uh this texture says uh reed don't get me wrong the ceremony was great but could they have not shortened the intros and incorporated the banners would have been a nice tie in between the old and the new take them down and have a ceremony at rogers place uh len says uh, hey reed i'm an oilers fan since the beginning i'm in my 50s hamilton's comment really caught my ear and i hope these young oilers got what he said when you learn to win as a team you will learn to oh wow uh, you will learn what love is from your fans. And the reason I said, "Oh wow," is I just got tons of texts all of a sudden on the refresh. The most underrated oiler of all time, uh, Charlie Huddy, getting a vote. Fearless Frankie Beaton from PD. I don't. I honestly don't know who that is. Frankie Beaton. I'll have to look him up. Esk's and Oil says Doug. Wait, was Doug Wade under underrated? I thought we thought he was appropriately rated. Uh, Kale says George Larock. Another vote for Charlie Huddy. Okay, here's the funny thing. I'm assuming it's Charlie Huddy, and autocorrect is uh, getting to these people's phones because they're actually votes for Charlie Buddy and Charlie Giddy. Vince Domfus getting a vote. He was only here one year, right? But he led the he led three teams in scoring, different teams, three years in a row, right? Leafs, Oilers, Habs. Yep. That's a, I don't think that's ever been done before. Lumley fan. Loyal listener, good guy, says Pat Hughes, the most underrated Oiler of all time. That's an interesting vote. Pretty solid player, was Pat Hughes. We got Jeremiah on the line, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hi, Jeremiah.
1: Hey, Reid. How you doing? Doing great. Asa Teekinen.
0: Oh, you know what? So you think he deserved even a little more credit, eh? Oh.
1: Completely.
0: Well, I guess when you shot
1: Gretzky. right? Well,
0: here's—he he he wasn't a bad player either. Yeah, that's the thing. He's often remembered for being an irritant, but he was a pretty decent offensive player too. Yeah. What'd you think of the ceremony last night and the game and everything?
1: Oh man! You know what? I was uh, I was. Fortunate to to be there, and uh, it was nice for for the team to come out with uh, a good effort there and get a good win and score some goals. But it was also nice just to see uh, see like the ovation for uh, Smitty. Like I know, I know, Massie and Gretzky and Curry and all those guys. They always get one and. And Smitty got one, but it seemed like his was just a little bit more sweeter, eh?
0: Yeah, well, he's the, to a lot of the younger fans, he's the, they're the favorite oiler that they've ever seen play, right? Like if you're under yeah. 30, he's, yeah. he's probably the favorite people. I mean, if you pulled people under 30 and you said, who's your favorite oiler, but you can only pick a guy that you saw play, he'd probably be number one. Heart and soul. Jeremiah, thanks for calling, buddy. Thanks, Ray. 780-496-0063. Here are some moments from yesterday. A lot of, great, lot of great memories. It started with the rally at Churchill Square.
2: A warm welcome on behalf of every single Edmontonian, especially the thousands of you who are here, uh, to pay tribute to legends and heroes from our city past and present. So join me again in welcoming our Edmonton Oilers back
1: to Edmonton and to Edmonton. I was a bit of a unique opportunity, I was, uh, grew up in Edmonton and I also played for the team I grew up idolizing and many of the guys behind here, uh, including the guys who won all the Stanley Cups, they're the reasons I fell in love with hockey. Going to Rexall place just like many of you guys to sit there and watch these guys play and win these Cups, that's why we all, including myself, fell in love with the game of hockey and I would dream for uh, hours, I was playing on Rexall in uh, front of my house having fun with all my buddies at night some nights I was Messier uh, some nights I was Gretzky too bad that didn't parlay to my NHL career but I, um, <clears throat> a lot of nights I was different guys than that I was chasing them around and they're always scoring thanks for that by the way guys but um, you know it was great and then after I became the NHL and came back here to play at Edmonton I can't tell you what it meant to slip on the other's jersey and go on that Rexall ice we're up here we're very fortunate, very blessed to
2: have performed for you guys over all the years. Obviously, uh, five Stanley Cups that these guys, uh, these guys performed for you. And in the old 06 run, that's for sure a big memory for sure. What an incredible uh, day today to celebrate uh, what has become an iconic building and the memories that have gone in there. Someone asked me today about Northland's Coliseum, I said it's amazing that a a building can actually have a personality and and become uh, larger than life.
0: Jacob Markstrom just inside the right post. Off the draw, turned over, wrist shot, score. Pat Maroon, a dead giveaway by Emerson Edom. Wrist shot, Everly bobbled, save Markstrom, rebound, score. Packed in from the high slot by Connor McDavid. Now a redirect by Maroon from Jordan Everly, and it's 4-1 Edmonton. They're all looking for more. Backhander, score, five holes. On Jacob Markstrom, Sekra. to McDavid on the right half boards. Dishes, Hall one touch, wrist shot, score. Leon Draisaitl power play goal, six two. Oilers.
2: It's pretty special. Uh, the history in, in this building, you know. Uh, um, I don't, I don't know if, if there's any words, words for it. I mean, um, you know, obviously uh, in front of all those uh, big names and. and, and and big-time hockey players, you know, uh, I think the team uh, played really tonight.
1: Mark and I were talking, I don't think there's any other city where the fans would still be sitting here. Uh, my gosh, we wish we could get out there and play for them, but we're, we can't do that anymore.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're closed. Edmonton
1: 6, Vancouver
0: 2. So there's a little recap of everything that went down yesterday. I just want to respond to a few texts that I've gotten. Why wasn't this guy there? Why wasn't this guy there? Uh, I mean, look, first of all, if you're asking about a specific guy, you may want to give him a Google and see if he's currently employed in the world of hockey. A lot of guys are coaches and managers and may have not been able to get away from responsibilities with their current teams. And remember, the Oilers simply invited everyone that had ever worn an Oilers uniform, so... You know, if some guys couldn't come or maybe chose not to, uh, that was uh, up to them. The Oilers were welcoming to every ex-player. This is your Action Furnace Oilers report. Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Still ahead, I want to play one of my favorite stories from yesterday. It came from an Oiler who played uh, with the team in the early 1980s. And we'll tell you about a couple of players that the Oilers signed today. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. The Toronto Maple Leafs are leading Philadelphia 2-1 early in the second period. So the Leafs are making up their game in hand on the Oilers tonight. The uh, Oilers two points ahead. If the Leafs were to lose this game in regulation, that would mean the Oilers finish 29th and would have a 13.5% chance of winning the lottery. If the Leafs uh, win tonight or get a point, then we got to go into Saturday's games to see where the two teams finish. The Oilers do have the tiebreaker if they wind up with the same number of points. Reid Wilkins with you. Thanks for tuning in. Our little informal poll on the text line of the most underrated oiler. Looks like Charlie Huddy, the winner, with uh, Craig Muni, Essa Tekanen, Shane Corson, and Randy Gregg all getting a significant number of votes. This texter says Randy Gregg was a workhorse, totally underrated, and was actually mentioned a few times last night. And he's my doctor, so there's that too. That's from a texter to 630-630. Somebody else says, is it true that the Gretzky statue is being moved to the Bell Center? No, because that's in Montreal. <laughs> I assume you mean Roger's place. Uh, this, the texture goes on to say, if so, I think that's a mistake. It should stay with the building Gretzky built and let the new era begin with a fresh start. If Rexall remains as a hockey center, having his statue and the previous Euler legacy remaining attached to that building would give it more meaning for those playing there. The Gretzky statue is going to move to Roger's place, and quite frankly, I think that is the right move. You need to have that statue wherever the Oilers are playing. Uh, I mean, pretend you're someone coming from out of town to see an Oilers game at Rogers Place. You don't want to go somewhere else to see the Gretzky statue. I was at Staples Center when I went to Los Angeles during the NHL All-Star break. The statues of uh, Gretzky and Magic Johnson and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and those guys are at Staples Center, not at the Great Western Forum. Right, you have it where the team is currently playing. And Stephen says, uh, "Hey, Reed, was that the game last night? Awesome atmosphere. Haven't felt that since 06. Happy to see Everly and Hall get a great applause when they got interviewed during the ceremony. With all the trade talks, it was good to see great final memory." of Rexall. That is from Stephen. Okay, the Oilers making two moves today. By the way, they were off. They didn't practice. They'll practice in Leduc tomorrow and then fly to Vancouver for the final regular season game. That's on Chad. 6.30 face-off show, 8 o'clock for the start of the game. The Oilers have signed defenseman Caleb Jones to a three-year entry-level contract. He uh, played 72 games in the dub with the Portland Winterhawks this season. 55 points, 64 penalty minutes. He was selected by the Oilers in the fourth round, 117th overall in the 2015 draft. He is the brother of uh, Seth Jones. And the Oilers uh, have signed goaltender Nick Ellis to a two-year entry-level contract. He's a little older, 22, played in 36 games in the NCAA with Providence College this season. Great numbers, 25-7-4. 1.80 1.80 goals against average, 936 save percentage, and four shutouts. He's a native of Millersville, Maryland. All right. Rachel Notley has chosen Inside Sports to deliver her political message. That's coming up at 645, obviously because she knew that's when the most people would be listening. And we'll get to that Gary Younger story when we get back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader 630 Chad. All right, just want to get to the full NHL scoreboard here. I mentioned the Maple Leafs leading the Flyers 2-1. They're halfway through the game. Islanders and Rangers going at it. 1-0 1-0 for the Isles, late second period. Five minutes left in the second. Tampa Bay and New Jersey tied 1-1. The Bruins lead Detroit 3-1. Seven minutes left in the second period there. Montreal and Carolina 2-2 in the second period. Penguins taken to the Caps tonight. Two goals for Cullen. He now has 16 on the season. 3 nothing. The Pens lead it. Four minutes left in the middle period. Late in the first, Coyotes one Nashville nothing. Senators on home ice, leading the Panthers one nothing after 1. Zibanejad with his 20th of the season. Still to come tonight, several games. St. Louis at Chicago. Calgary will host Vancouver. Anaheim plays Los Angeles. They both have 99 points. Avalanche going up against the Dallas Stars. And the Jets play the Sharks in the late game. Masters Jordan Spieth in the lead. Six under par. Danny Lee and Shane Lowry tied for second, both at four under. Just some other notables quickly. Sergio Garcia, three under. McIlroy, two under. Jason Day, even par 72. Mike Weir, I mean, not overly competitive anymore, but he's a past champion, a four over 76. Tom Watson, a 74 today. Not bad. Two over par. It's
2: his last Masters, by the way. He's calling it quits, eh?
0: Yeah. Just read a really good book uh, called The Secret of Golf about Tom Watson and Jack Nicklaus. Really enjoyed it by uh, Joe Posnanski, good golf writer. 6.35. So uh, we'll have the Rachel Notley address to the province coming up. I, I I tweeted out, in the next half hour of Inside Sports, my favorite story from the Rexall farewell, and the Premier Notley address, not her address, the address, the speech to all of you. So Ellis and, uh, sorry, Nick Ellis, goaltender of the NCAA, Caleb Jones, both signed to uh, entry level deals by the Edmonton Oilers today. All right, want to get to uh, interviewed a lot of people. Really, over the past few weeks leading up to the Rexall Place farewell, but several of them yesterday. So I, I just want to replay this. Uh, Gary Unger played 914 consecutive games. The Ironman streak of all time belongs to uh, Doug Jarvis. Doug, Doug Jarvis 964. Unger played 914, and I asked him about the streak.
2: I lived in Griesbaugh in the army camp here and I had a sister that was five years younger than me that was had polio that was crippled so she was in a wheelchair and I was a sports guy so I'm out playing hockey and basketball and football and baseball and, and she could never ever get out of her chair so for me to Worry or complain about a little injury that I had when I knew that in a week or two weeks, as long as I didn't break my leg, I was going to be right back in the lineup. I really had a tough time feeling sorry for myself when I had a little injury. So she gave me a lot of motivation of fighting through stuff. Uh, when I talk to kids, I we I run a uh, with a uh, a buddy of mine, Bill Doherty, up in Banff. We run a, a Banff Hockey Academy, and we deal with a lot of kids and, and what I tell them is uh, I never missed any days of school as well. So the Ironman streak wasn't anything that was anything different it was just that I wanted to go to work every day I wanted to go to school every day I didn't want anything to d- disrupt my life if I was going on a horse trip up in the mountains and I broke my arm I'd get a cast on it and I'd go on the trip so I found that it was it was there was a lot of things that you could fight through mentally uh, especially as a hockey guy because when you're on the bench and you're or in the dressing room you the game you're hobbling around and you got a sore elbow and you got something going on and you're thinking about it the moment you get jump over the boards and go on the ice you don't hurt anymore so I figured that out really early and I was able to fight through a lot of stuff so I was pretty lucky
0: that is Gary Unger that's a great story certainly very strong motivation in his life not to miss a game And, and look obviously you You get a major injury, you're not going to be able to play, but he was certainly able to uh, ignore and work through any of the bumps and bruises or illnesses that sometimes keep guys out of the lineup so he could keep rolling, and and you heard there his sister was a big part of that. I really enjoyed that story. You can text 63630. This individual says, What percentage chance do you think the Oilers will trade one of the $6 million guys? I sure hope they don't because it'd be nice to see those guys stick with the Oilers till they turn it around. I don't think it's their fault the Oilers are in the basement. They just have so many holes on the team, hoping the Oilers can use their draft pick in Yakupov to get defensemen. Glad to see that the Oilers have fixed the goaltender problem, in my opinion. Well, the question at the beginning of that, what percentage chance do I think that the Oilers will trade one of the $6 million guys? Uh, I would say 97%. I, I really think it's going to happen. This texter doesn't want it to happen. Uh, I get the sense that most of you, maybe I'm wrong, but I get the sense that most of you either believe it's going to happen or, or flat out want it to happen. Um, but I guess it doesn't matter what you want but I think most people realize that that's the reality is that it's uh, probably going to happen you can text 63630 this to Reed can you stop with all the Masters coverage or at least cut it down Tiger is not in it so we are not interested and how you played down Mike we are also golf is not important now thanks Reed I will give Masters scores I think it's significant enough that I will update the scoreboard.
2: To me, it's the biggest thing going on in sports this
0: weekend. Uh, I would agree with that. I would would agree with that. In the world of sports, I, I would agree with that. I love the golf majors. And unfortunately, to some extent, whenever you listen to a talk show, to some extent you're at the whim of the interest and personality of the host. But he bears a good point. Tiger's not, this texture is saying, Tiger Woods is not in it, so I don't care about golf.
2: Tiger's now irrelevant, so who cares? That's my opinion. He's irrelevant now. See, this is
0: the thing. I was a big golf fan before Tiger Woods was on the scene. And he was compelling to watch, and he was outstanding. But I, I still watch, and I think that you have four or five young golfers in Spieth, McElroy... Uh, Day, Fowler, guys like that that are going to be very competitive very competitive with each other. And, uh, you know, maybe you're going to create some interest. Tolfer Allen texted again. He says, just wondering if we could get some more Masters coverage. <laughs> Can't please everybody, right? Uh, Washington got a goal, 3-1 Pittsburgh late in the second period. It is 6.41. This is Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet, presented by AMA. Be listening Saturday for your Alberta Motor Association's Oilers Hockey, AMA Safety and Savings for your family. 6.30 face-off show, Oilers at Canucks, uh, 8 o'clock for the drop of the puck on Saturday. And then the Oilers are going to wrap it up on Sunday, the uh, so-called garbage bag day. Well, they'll pack it up, do the final interviews, final media availabilities with Todd McClellan and Peter Shirelli. So we'll have special coverage on 6.30, Ched, on Sunday. All right, it is uh, 6.42. We're going to take a quick timeout, and then we'll come back with the uh, special address to the province of Alberta from Premier Rachel Notley.